for much of my life, and I really do mean that, all the way back to very early childhood, I've been fascinated by what we might call the pivotal figures in human history. And I know all of us, as we look at history, there are certain periods that we get grabbed by, but I love to look at certain periods, the people who have stepped outside of what we might call the norm and have thought or acted or led in a way that has really been a a hinge point, like a redirection of how we look back and perceive history. For me, as I read books about these people, I, I love to look at the way that they learn to think, sometimes even the way that they perceive themselves. I like to look at those kind of key moments in their own life where they made those decisions that really changed the course of their own life and sometimes the life of nations. And then, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it's fascinating to look too at those eventual, sometimes even seemingly inevitable downfalls that many of them go through. Well, just before Christmas this year, 2022, I was reading and I was grabbed by a line. This came from Karl Barth's Epistle to the Romans. And I want you to listen to what he said about these so-called great men or great women of history. He wrote, All these dubious characters are seen to be no more than exaggerations of what we all are. They are, to put a finer point on it, really the very same prides, tragedies, foibles, and foolishnesses of us all, but sort of writ large, so that we can hardly miss what's in them and in us. So in essence, according to Bart, we may be studying these historical figures, frankly, to meet ourselves. Which is yet another reason that giving our highest attentions to Jesus of Nazareth is the most rewarding activity available to every man, woman, or child. Because Jesus is not a dubious character who is no more than an exaggeration of what we all are. Jesus is a glorious Savior who is an exaggeration of all we are not, and yet of all He is willing to make us to be. You see, Everything we see in him is now a possibility for us. He became one of us to save us and to make us like himself. So as I'm recording this particular podcast at the start of a new year, 2023, who is he and what is he like? Let's say, for instance, you were sitting in the back row of your local village church, trying to hide the the, the most painful part of your human existence. The fact that from your birth, you have had this withered hand, a claw-like appendage that makes you feel utterly different, ashamed, cast off from that silly thing we think of as normalcy, And let's imagine now that you're sitting there, listening to the words of a traveling rabbi, one called Jesus. And then you notice that he's actually watching you. And now, looking into your eyes, from the front to the back, he gestures you forward, right up there with him. And then with very little ceremony, heals this lifelong issue of yours. Your hand stretches out for the first time. 
Who is he? And what is he like? Or let's say you're following him as one of the ones in the great traveling crowds in the Galilee, and you're observing the way he does his day-to-day life. You see the the walking, talking, the, the healing, the teaching, the power, the mystery. And then you see him suddenly angry for the first time in your viewing. Why? Well, because his disciples, zealously jealous for their perception of his person, have just tried to keep a flock of little children away. I mean, his eyes are suddenly ferocious with his friends. They step to the side as he gets down on the level of those little ones. Who is he? And what is he like? Or, let's say you're presently being toted up the rungs of a ladder, which is leaned against a house, and that your friends are assuring you that this is going to work. And now they are tearing open the rooftop tiles, underlay, thatch, straw. And now they're lowering you, literally paralyzed, into the center of an immensely crowded room. You come to rest on the floor, looking upward. Jesus is standing above you, visibly delighted in the chaos-causing faith of your friends. He looks into your eyes and now pronounces you washed clean of your sin. Who is he? What is he like? Or let's say three years later, you have just brought him the donkey he asked you to go get, which he then climbs atop, and now you're walking alongside him as he rides down the Olive Mount into Jerusalem. There's the city walls, there's Herod's temple, and oh my, look at the way the streets are filling. Men, women, children rushing out toward the East Gate, thronging the streets and alleyways, waving branches of palm overhead. The street, as you enter the city, is completely covered over with their cloaks and scarves. They shout over and over again, Save us, O King! God bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord! They press against the donkey. They reach out to touch the teacher. The look on Jesus' face is quiet. He is thinking his own thoughts. He is affected by all this, and yet not at all. Who is he? And what is he like? Or, let's say, four nights afterward, you are sitting in the warm, quiet upper room of a house, all arrayed around the edges of a long table, the Passover meal right there before you. Everyone, all 12 of you, are all talking at once. You're each trying to get a word in edgewise, as so often happens. And you are all so busy with the things you're trying to say, the points you're trying to get across, that all of you have missed the movement of Jesus to the farthest corner of the room. He's taken off his cloak, tied a towel around his waist, 
prepared a pitcher, bowl, water, and now recrosses the room. And now, how terribly startling, he is already down on the floor, removing your sandals. And now he's carefully washing the filth from your feet. There is no stopping him. This, you get the sense, is his total essence. Who is he? And what is he like? Well, taking just these, these five among five million potential moments from his life, I'll tell you who he is. I'll tell you what he's like. Jesus of Nazareth is the friend of all, the lover of the individual soul. He is the son of God, the older brother of all potential sons of God. Jesus of Nazareth is the father's final answer to our human brokenness. He is the king of a kingdom that is infinitely above all our understandings of power because, and I hope you caught my purposeful juxtaposition, he is our God, our creator, our sustainer, the source and goal of all human hearts who was down at the feet of his friends, shortly to be lifted up onto a cross so that all might have life. Friends, that's who he is. That's what he's like. And by the way, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it just only keeps getting better. Because if he is a glorious savior who is an exaggeration of all we are not, and yet of all he is willing to make us to be, then what is he trying to make his followers to be? At this, the dawning of a new year, as we're perhaps considering the last one and then imagining the possibilities of what's to come, who is he calling us to be? What are we to be like? Well, in Jesus, through Jesus, I do have answers. You and I are to be the friends of all, the lovers of each individual soul we meet every day. We are to be the sons and daughters of God, elder brothers and sisters of the family of God, inviting everyone come home. We must be relishing our holy, blameless freedom from sin. We must be the world's best advertisements for the finished work of the cross. We should be absolutely unenamored with the broken ways of the world. In fact, living signposts look of a whole other realm with him. Because like our Savior, like our God, our Creator, our Sustainer, like that one who is the source and goal of all human hearts, you and I should be as comfortable as he once was down in the dust and dirt of the everyday, humbly washing the feet of all. After all, that's who he was. So that's who he's making us to be. Let me circle back to kind of finish where we started, and then we'll conclude. A quotation that has haunted me for many years, and yes, it was spoken by one of the so-called great men, Napoleon Bonaparte, goes like this. 
History is the only true philosophy. I'll say it again. History is the only true philosophy. Meaning, what people have lived is what they truly believed. The story of the ages is written by actions, not words, not theories. My friends, the true philosophy of your life will be written this year by what you live, how you live out your every day. And what a blessing that the one we follow not only gave his life to set us free, he also showed his life so that we might know how to live. The way of Jesus is the way of life. Will you and I live it this year? Will we act upon the life of the one who is himself the way? Well, this new year and each and every day of it is our opportunity to see. Thanks for listening.